This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to the Odson Audible's podcast. I'm Matt Perry, America's Scope with Jared Mack on the show. And it feels a little early, but nonetheless, here we are. Spring football is right around the corner. And we are going to get you ready to go with spring football. We're rolling out our spring football previews. Up first, we are going to be going with the quarterbacks. Um, Oregon's spring practice, their first date of the year. It's crazy. March 10th. Uh, Then they'll have a second one March 12th. So we're about two weeks away now uh, from spring football starting off. Uh, And it's it's. Been quite the ride to, to get here. Yeah, there's, there's no question about that. And I think the quarterback position uh, looks a lot different than it did a year ago. I, I just completed, by the way, we should note there's written content that will correspond with this. Uh, I've got a free story up on the site, kind of breaking everything down. And, and Matt has some VIP thoughts um, that you require a subscription uh, to go read. And I would recommend it. It's a good opportunity now. We're going to be running out a lot of this stuff with VIP content. Good time to sign up. Uh, for DuckTerritory.com. Um, I know there'll be some specials coming up soon, but 999 is not a bad deal either. Um, but yeah, this group looks a lot different. I mean, I was just writing in the free story that only half the guys on last year's roster are back, and the two players that are back are true freshmen who basically never played. So um, it, it is a kind of a new look group, and obviously the big addition being since the season ended, Auburn's Bo Nix joins the fray and I think adds experience. Um, 70 times more uh, pass attempts than anyone else on the roster, if you really want to get into the math. Um, you know, about 60 career touchdowns, if you conclude pass and run. Um, I'll be really curious to see, and we'll talk about this throughout this podcast, kind of what's the fit at quarterback? What kind of intangibles and, I guess, characteristics do the does the new staff like? Do, do they prioritize? And I think Nick's provides you with experience. He provides you with mobility, and he provides you with, a really strong arm. He may, maybe he doesn't provide you with the most consistent play, but he certainly checks some boxes for Kenny Dillingham and company. Yeah, and when you take a look at you know who's coming back, obviously it's Ty Thompson and Jay Butterfield, both you know four-star recruits. Butterfield was a little lower overall than Thompson. Thompson was a five-star on some websites. Um, 24/7 Sports had him in the top 80 in their uh, top 24-7, and then Bo Nix coming in. Um, and, you know, basically all the all the details that Eric just outlined. Um, a lot of experience playing at Auburn, uh, played under Kenny Dillingham in his 2019 year. Oregon fans will remember that year specifically. That's when Auburn beat Oregon to start the season in Dallas and Jerry's world. Um, uh, Bo Nix won SEC Offensive Freshman of the Year that year as well. Um, brings in a lot of experience. Uh, it's a good amount of talent. Um, obviously, the, the the players behind him. Uh, a lot of a lot of Oregon fans want want to see what they can get out of Ty Thompson, as they did last year. Certainly, going into spring football, that'll be another storyline to follow. Um, and you know, that's that's the the quarterback room is only has three scholarship quarterbacks right now. Obviously, you have uh, Robbie Ashford transferring out, 
sometime in January, he decided that he's going to Auburn. So that was the uh, Bo Nix for Robbie Ashford trade, as well as uh, Jason Jones and uh, DJ James too. But so the, the three for one package, getting Bo Nix back, um, again, provides a lot of, a lot of experience. Uh, certainly playing in the SEC helps a lot for Oregon. Uh, Pac-12 is going to be different, but uh, the the quarterback room as it stands right now just has their three scholarship quarterbacks who all have in-game experience, although obviously, as Eric outlined, Bo Nix has the most of it. Yeah, Bo Nix was a five-star coming out of high school, also the SEC freshman of the year, and I think he's probably the front runner um, to, to win this job replacing Anthony Brown, uh, who has graduated and ran out of years of eligibility. Um, and it's it's one in which I don't expect a decision to be made in spring. Um, I would be pretty floored if, if they did that for multiple reasons, because one, primarily, that, that kind of kills the level of competing and training all offseason. Um, certainly they could come out like Mario did, uh, and a couple of years ago and, and say that, you know, hey, Bo Nix is right now the front runner to win the job, but, you know, these other guys are still in the mix. Like that would not surprise me one bit if that's said, but an official you know, naming of the quarterback would be a little surprising. Um, but I think Nick's the, the reason why I, I picked that is I think Nix's experience, Eric mentioned it, playing under Kenny Dillingham one year back in 2019 – um, and the fact that he's, yes, he's been up and down, but he's had some success. He's won, I think, at least eight games every year at Auburn. Um, he's played tougher defenses that he'll face in the Pac-12. So going in, he's probably the front runner, but there's going to be some challengers that, that come his way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've got two guys here. I, one stat I meant to mention earlier, so I'm just going to mention it now. It's the first time Oregon didn't sign a prep quarterback since 2013. Obviously, wow. Tanner, Tanner Bailey was committed, but he chose to stick in the Southeast at South Carolina after the coaching change. I wanted to say that because it, those listening are probably like, man, no, no true freshman first-year quarterback. That doesn't happen very often, and that's right. It's been almost 10 years since that was the case. Um, I, I still operate with the feeling that Ty Thompson is – potentially the next big time long-term starting quarterback here. I think I go into this expecting he is Bonex's primary challenger. Now, like Matt, I, I would assume like Jared, I, I would be surprised ultimately if Nick doesn't win the job, but a path towards Ty Thompson winning it would probably be one where, frankly, he's taken a huge step forward in a lot of the small things. Um, you know, everybody knows the arm strength and honestly, the physical part, you know, sometimes you bring in a true freshman quarterback Jay Butterfield being a good example, who's maybe needs some time in the work, you know, in the weight room to kind of fill out. Ty Thompson is as put together as any true freshman quarterback I'd seen, certainly at Oregon. I mean, just physically put together. So it's not that part. It's not the physical part. It's some of that intangibles part. And I think you saw some of the shortcomings he had when he faced FBS competition because against Stony Brook, he was, I was just looking at the stats, six for nine, 82 yards, two touchdowns, pretty flawless showing. He goes out and faces a couple of Pac-12 caliber defenses, and again, mind you, not good ones in Arizona and Colorado, and he goes one for six with an interception five yards. So clearly there needs to be a step up in terms of reading defenses, knowing his offense, and, and one of the challenges here, 
And I think why Bo Nix makes sense and why one of these younger guys has a pretty large uphill battle is the familiarity, at least with Kenny Dillingham and some of what he wants to do, because now you're asking both of these young quarterbacks to re- kind of learn a system that I would expect Bo Nix has an advantage with at least understanding. So, But to me, the path there for Ty is just a huge step forward, a huge improvement, because in terms of the physical traits, he's not far behind Bo Nix. In fact, he probably has – he does some things that Nix can't do. It's just a matter of who can be the most consistent and who can fit best with what Kenny Dillingham wants to do. And that's why, for me right now, I give Bo Nix the edge. But I wouldn't be surprised if we come out of spring feeling like, hey, maybe maybe this is where it's headed. And that's going to require a big spring game from probably both of those guys to really feel that way. If you had to put like a betting line on it, I think Bo Nix would be the runaway favorite at this point. Um, just for everything that Eric just mentioned, uh, specifically working with Dillingham in the past in 2019 at Auburn, um, if you go back and look at Bo Nix's stat, I did this a long time ago when Bo Nix initially announced his transfer to Oregon. Um, that was his most effective season. It might not have been his, been his highest passer rating season or completion percentage season, but in terms of throwing the ball downfield and trying to move the ball through the air, that was it, that 2019 season. Um, so I, I would expect most of that to happen again this time around in Bo Nix with you know three more years of experience under his belt at Auburn excuse me, two more years under his belt at Auburn. Um, but yeah, for all the, all, the men, all the reasons you outlined for Ty Thompson in terms of his potential to get this job, um, he has to improve on all the little things. And that's fine. That's what most quarterbacks have to do when they come out of the high school level because the difference in high school defenses and college defenses is astronomical. And unless you're the Trevor Lawrence, the Justin Fields, maybe the Arch Mannings of the world, um, those things just don't come very naturally. That's a lot of time in the film room. That's a lot of time working and extra practices, working with coaches. Um, but that's part of the reason why Dan Lanning brought Kenny Dillingham to Oregon, because he's somewhat of a QB whisperer, QB guru with his offenses and making easy reads and things like that. Um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past Jay Butterfield to making an attempt of getting of, of just raising some eyebrows there. I think he's still truly talented. We saw him just very briefly this last season. Um, he probably doesn't have the arm strength that Ty Thompson has. I don't think a lot of players do just because of just how natural it comes to Thompson. But, you know, I, I would expect all three of them to go into spring spring camp and really think that they're that the job is theirs and really put some competition on each other. Um, and I think that's the healthiest thing for any locker room. Uh, like Matt was saying, for Oregon to announce that, you know, one of these guys is the starter after spring would be ridiculous uh, just because there, there there could still be a lot of upward growth and improvement over the summer as well. And But for Ty and Butterfield to really show that they're comparable to Bo Nix, they really have to have a really strong offseason in terms of reading defenses working on on in-between throws, medium routes, um, getting their deep ball to get a little more tight and consistent in its trajectory and its target. But for for Thompson to be ranked as highly as he is, or as he was, excuse me, uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons to believe that he can do that over the course of an offseason because of how much he improved in high school. Um, you know, he went from a borderline four-star prospect to a borderline five-star prospect in his last year of high school football. That's a lot of improvement there. It's something similar to like a, a CJ Stroud did at Ohio State. Um, so there's there's reason to believe that he can improve. He just has to go out onto the field and show it. 
All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, um, we'll discuss some questions that we have of this position group, and then who wins the job ultimately, and some spring game thoughts going into uh, spring practice starting up here real quick. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome back to the Odds and Audible's podcast. Um, tease it at the at the break there, but there's certainly questions. I think beyond who starts at quarterback, and you know, Jared and Eric both went through good stuff of why probably Bo Nix is is probably the favorite. Um, I think all three of us would would agree that he's. We're all I think maybe to to spoil it here, but maybe all three of us kind of predict he's the the guy that to, to be the starter, but. I'm curious of just what do we see at quarterback from the usage in the offense of the quarterback? Is he pure distributor where his job is just to get the snap and get it to the running back or throw, you know, drop back and and throw some dimes to to the receivers and tight ends? Uh, Or is he 100% the focal point where everything starts with him? Does he, trigger the run game with the zone read. Those are questions where we don't really know yet. And I don't even know if the staff has a hundred percent clear idea yet either. I think that's probably for me, the biggest question is just what does this offense evolve into once the staff gets some feels for what they have at quarterback? I think that's a great question. And again, one we aren't privy to the answers for, I mean, I think I, I go back to the comments Dillingham made this spring about, wanting to find one-on-one matchups. And obviously that requires receivers winning, that requires running backs winning in space. That might require quarterbacks winning in space with the ball in their hands. I wouldn't be, I mean, my expectation is that they're going to find, you know, whether it's Bo Nix or Ty Thompson or Jay Butterfield, if they think those guys can get out in a zone read and maybe get on the edge and and beat beat a player in space and create some yards, I think that's something they'll look to do. If they don't feel like whoever ends up winning the job is is capable of that. And I do want to know, Bo Nix, I think it's kind of, some people don't recognize he has like 20 career rushing touchdowns and, and ran for mm-hmm. more than 300 yards. And I think his first two years, like he's a capable runner, um, you know, and so that could be a component that maybe gets overlooked there. I, I think maybe some people want to suggest Ty Thompson is the superior runner. I actually don't know if that's the case. Ty wasn't really known to be an elite scrambler runner guy. Um, the question for me though, if we're all going to throw a question out for me is, this competition is, is is kind of twofold. I think you've got the, the immediate 2022 starting quarterback job, but then you kind of have in the background here the Ty Thompson, Jay Butterfield part. And my question is, through spring, does one of those guys really separate from the other? Because the previous staff seemed to indicate that separation never really happened um, and that it really was Ty and Jay. And, and Ty got more looks, and I think they even kind of in order would say Ty over Jay, but it wasn't from at least their perspective, at least what they said publicly, so drastic or clear that that one of them really separated. Does that happen in the spring? Is probably the other thing I think I'll be I'll be curious about. I'll I'll jump into to my question overall because I have a similar one to Eric. It's just the development level of these guys in the off season and through spring camp, because 
Yeah, I'll have an article up on uh, DuckTerritory.com about, you know, Oregon's quarterback recruiting and a little bit of the history of there. And we've seen a couple four-star quarterbacks come into Oregon and not take the reins when it's kind of open to them. And so that's what I'm going to be looking at with, with Ty Thompson and Butterfield in terms of, well, have, how much have they improved? Because I think quarterback um, improvement over the, 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 uh, the previous regime has been a question mark. You know, how, how much have, have these quarterbacks improved if they really can't separate themselves between three of them? Um, just like Eric mentioned, I think Ty was the, was the number two, but I don't think he was the clear number two for a long time. And maybe he did improve over the season. You know, we, we never got to go to a practice over the season and see that he was actually improving. But, you know, when Anthony Brown goes, goes down against Stony Brook, you know, Ty Thompson was the number two. There wasn't much consideration of putting in Butterfield or, or Robbie Ashford at the time. So I think that's my, my biggest question going forward with that. Um, but, you know, that'll all come during spring ball and seeing what they look like in practice and against, uh, you know, in, in the scrimmages as well. Should note, Bo Nix had um, ankle surgery back in November when he was with Auburn. That kept him out of the last two games of the regular season. And um, we think he's going to be healthy for spring ball, but we don't really have quite confirmation of his full availability. And that could maybe impact things here a little bit um, for the development of, of Nick's at Oregon, um, because it's all about developing that chemistry with your receivers and your tight ends and the offensive line. Um, and it also could, could be something that closes the gap if he's not fully ready between him and, and the freshman. And I think that goes into the spring game, just our expectations for this one. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious to see. It's, it's going to be very similar to, I think, the spring game after Herbert left when Tyler Shuck had a big performance and, uh, or maybe the year before T Herbert left. Uh, it, it, it's, it's one of those years where, we could we could see two or three different quarterbacks have really big spring games and really cloud the waters of what we expect is the is the starter because look think back to last year Robbie Ashford was right the star mm -hmm. and he's not even on the team anymore because he didn't feel like he had a viable path of playing time yeah that was going to be my spring game thought was is how much does a spring game performance really matter um you know and and, and I think as you were saying Matt like Tyler Shuck had a really good spring game when, when in Justin Herbert's last year in 19. Um, think about some of the players who perform well in those spring games. Tyler Shuck did end up being a very good quarterback at Oregon. So that's kind of, that kind of muddies the water. Then you also got the Marcus Mariota goes out in a spring game and it's just like balls, like just absolutely incredible. And everyone's kind of like, all right, he's going to be great. And then he's absolutely incredible and, and better than I think even expectations. Um, so sometimes these spring game performances, and I know we're not talking about something that's like legitimately two months in the future, but like sometimes these spring game performances, it's kind of hard to read too much into it. But I will say, like, I think it's really important that both Ty and Jay, as the freshmen, go out and play at a really high level. Um, because if, 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 if we come away being like, and again, if Bo Nix isn't going to play somehow, that's a possibility, and both of those two players kind of stink it up in the spring game, I think you're going to go into the offseason with some real concerns, not just about the short-term future, what about the long-term future? I think, you know, 
because ultimately I, I think we all think Bo Nix is going to win the job. So the spring game could provide fans some of the most action we're going to see from either of those guys this calendar year. Yeah. You know, depending on how the fall goes. So if we come away being kind of like non-plus about either one of them, that's going to cloud and kind of impact the, the discussion about both of those guys, not just in 2022, but again in 2023 when the job should be fully open and one of those guys and probably a freshman or two, maybe a portal guy that look to add next offseason mm-hmm. will be kind of in position. In terms of the spring game, I'm extremely interested to see how overall how the offense works under Dillingham. Um, but that leads directly into how the quarterbacks play. Um, I'm, I'm going to go and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming here and saying that that when Bo Nix plays, you know, I want to see how how comfortable he is in running the offense in general. But to your point, Eric, um, seeing how well Thompson and Butterfield and their improvements have been, you know, will they put on another show? How Thompson put on a show in this last spring game? Um, you know, how Robbie Ashford did as well. Uh, and, and Butterfield was good in that last spring game as well. So those those are the three highlights there that you go and you say, well, these guys might compete for the starting job. And then it, it kind of doesn't happen. Um, I, I like to put a little bit of stock into the spring game just because it's, you know, it's the first action you really see. Um, I, you know, we watched that spring or that uh, fall camp scrimmage in, in early August this past year. And we saw Thompson was excellent. He was significantly better than Anthony Brown was in that scrimmage, but that didn't mean anything in the long run because he never really separated that or, or must have not have showed it over the course of the season in order for him to get actual playing time. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Eric, you know, if, if Butterfield and Thompson can perform and show that there are potentially good backup options or that it'll actually be a competition come fall camp or that just down the line in 2023, either Butterfield or Thompson really solidifies themselves as, hey, this is going to be the next guy. Um, I think you have to take that and, and take it with a little bit of a grain of salt, but really take it in stride because that might be the case. And sometimes it's not, but that's just kind of how football works. And But regardless of it, I think the spring game is going to be really exciting for the quarterback position just because of the talent that Oregon has, has built there, but also because – you'll get to see them all play. And like you said, Eric, that was last year's spring game was the only time where you really got to see the three freshman quarterbacks play in bunches. And so everybody has that lasting memory of, well, and back in April, these guys all excelled, but they're not doing it in November. So I I think it'll be, you know, a, a good thing for us to watch as the media and a great thing for the fans to watch as well, to see that, well, they have somebody in the wings waiting for either over the course of the 2022 season or 2023. It's going to do it for us here on this preview of the quarterback room. Remember spring practice starts March 10th spring game, April 23rd. And today is the quarterback day. We've got stuff on the quarterback room, wall to wall coverage uh, on DuckTerritory.com. So make sure to check that out uh, and make sure to tune in tomorrow. We've got a running back segment Uh, And it'll be running back day on the site on duckterritory.com where we dive into that entire position group as well. Until then, you've been listening to the Odds and Audibles podcast. Talk to you later, folks. Peace. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.